Folks, let me tell you, a day certainly makes a hell of a difference. I gave Quiggs here the option of recording Monday night or Wednesday. If we had recorded on Monday, probably would have focused on how annoying it is that the Flyers keep winning and blah, blah, blah. But instead, we recorded Wednesday, so we get to talk about the glorious issue of Ivan Provorov refusing to wear the Pride Night warm-up jersey. Quiggs, we got thoughts on this, don't we? We have quite a few thoughts, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> not, not something that we are planning on. This is not a discussion that should be probably taking place in the year 2023, but here we are. This is the NHL, and unfortunately, hockey culture still is, from what we can tell, as outsiders, we're not part, we're not like in it, but it sounds like it's pretty toxic still based off of this uh, latest development. Yeah, I guess what you call us observers of hockey culture, close observers. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, going to the Serengeti and watching a lion take down an Impala. Sure. It's pretty much what hockey culture is. Basically the same thing right there. And Except, yeah. Yeah. It's... Except this is worse. <laughs> this is somehow worse, yes. This just, this sucks on so many levels because... Number one, as we were discussing just before the show, like we kind of already had some issues with Ivan Provorov. I mean, his play has not been very good since Matt Niskanen retired. He yeah. has just had a lousier and lousier attitude out there, uh, culminating in that exit interview last year at the end of last season when he just was pissy with the press. And we were kind of just over Ivan Provorov. And last week we were talking about the possibility of trading him away and we were all pretty open to that and you know this we weren't big fans at this point of the Ivan Provorov experience and then he has to go and do something that is so frustrating so just annoying and terrible all at the same time that I, I, I can't believe we're about to talk about this but it's just so, okay, just to give you the situation here. So, last night, the Flyers, for the first time ever, wore Pride warm-up jerseys. Most of the other NHL teams have worn some sort of jersey. The Flyers, you know, it's not exactly like big rainbow jersey. It was rainbow numbers on the sweater, right? Which I thought was actually pretty sharp look. Pretty yeah, cool. the sweater itself was black, and the numbers were were rainbow. I, I, I agree. I thought it looked pretty awesome. It looked I, better than their I typical black it. jersey. Yeah, I would have worn it. I would buy one of those. Yeah, definitely would consider buying one of those. But I, I guess not for number nine over no, there. Number nine. Not quite. But so Provorov doesn't come out in warmups. It's not expected. People are a little surprised. And given the trade speculation last week at first, it's like, oh, you know, maybe they did something, you know? Uh, That's what I was thinking. I was like, before the, like when that was all going down, I was kind of like getting giddy. Cause I was like, oh my God, <laughs> is, uh, is Chucky Poo trades about to make a move here? Is he yeah. about to make another Poo trade? And um, 
yeah, like I was like feeling excited. And then he came out and I was like, oh, okay. He came out and played in the actual game and not only played in the actual game, but he played the entire game, which is a, a decision. By Mr. Tortorella over there. Certainly a decision. But uh, he goes... Actually, no, by the entire game, I mean to say he had the most minutes of any flyer in the game. I think he played 23 minutes on the night. So certainly a decision by Torts to put him out there, even though he didn't take warm-ups, which is unusual. I I mean, has this ever even happened where a guy doesn't come out for warm-ups but then plays in the game? I don't think that's even supposed to happen. So, okay. I, I can't remember the last time something like this has happened. Normally, whenever someone is just like mysteriously missing from warmups, it's because they're either about to get traded or they're they're sick or something like that. Or like there was a COVID situation. Clearly, obviously, that wasn't the case here. So like, I really don't know what kind of precedent there is. And I and this is one of the top things for me. I really hope this doesn't set a precedent for other players in the NHL to be like, oh, wait, Ivan Provorov did that. So when our Pride Night comes, I don't believe in that either. So maybe I should also do that and just not take the ice for warm-ups and not have to wear that rainbow jersey. You know what right, I mean? Right, That's what makes me, yeah. Oh, it makes me very, very nervous about this being the future of the sport because this certainly could happen. And it could have been very easy for Provorov to say he had some muscle cramps or something or he had the poops and he couldn't come out. There's a ton of excuses that he could have employed here. And he didn't go for any of them. He flat out admitted that he wouldn't wear the pride jersey and that's why he didn't come out. And he cited religious reasons. He is Russian Orthodox And he said that because of his religion, he wouldn't wear the jersey, which is just such a an eye roll of an excuse. I mean, really, Ivan. So here's something I want to say about Tortorella, how he basically John Tortorella has this this knack to kind of talk himself into a hole. He's done it many times throughout his career where he just says something that is just it like at, at first listen, it's horrible. And then he goes back and he like, he kind of backpedals and he says, no, 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 no. This is what I actually meant. And all that. I, I'm curious to hear what John Tortorella says again during his next media availability. Cause I'm sure people are going to be asking him question more questions about this. Um, the reason I'm curious is because, and the reason I'm also in a way, defending Tortorella here is the fact that because Ivan Provorov said, like, sourced his religious beliefs as the reason for not taking the ice for warmups, I feel like that causes some sort of issue, like legal issue, where if the Flyers were to not let him play, then something could have like some sort of legal dispute could have happened because it's like a religious freedom type deal. Oh, sure. It really opens. A whole that's a touchy subject. Yeah, yeah. That's a whole big thing. So like I can understand why Provorov played and now why he played, why he led the team in minutes. I don't know, but I can get why he played. And with the Tortorella comments after the game, I feel like he just, he can't, he can't Tortorella is not the kind of coach who's ever going to just say like, no comment. Like, he just can't. He physically cannot do that. Uh, unless he wants to that. talk about why he actually did bench a player. 
Exactly. Yeah. If he, Which is frustrating he, to say the yeah. least uh, on a day like this. If he's talking about Kevin Hayes, then he'll say, well, I'm going to leave that in the room. He probably should have said the same thing, or he definitely should have said the, said the same thing about this situation with Ivan Provorov. Yeah, the, the whole situation is very, very weird. And I... Oh, see, I, I don't think it's weird at all. I think I, I just... Any respect I had left for Ivan Provorov is completely... Oh, it's gone. It's, it's totally gone weird. right now. Yeah. And I, well, what I think is this is all very purposeful on Provorov's part. I really feel like he came out and chose violence on this day. He said he wanted to make a statement about the situation and that he didn't support this, but also say the minimum somehow, because again, he could have lied. He could have just made up an excuse for why he couldn't do it or something, you know, like, or he could have sat himself out for the night, you know, could have called out sick. Essentially. He could have done any of that thing. But instead, he chose to do this in the most distracting way possible, which when you think about hockey players and how often they don't want to be in the spotlight and everything, how often it's about the team and everything. This is the opposite of that. This is he clearly wanted the the yeah. spotlight, but not have to be held accountable for it, which is why he hides behind the shield of religion here, which is fucked up. I find that very fucked up that he's just hiding behind his religion here. Because does this strike you as an overly religious man every night? I, I don't know much about Ivan Provorov's personal life, but he doesn't strike me as the, the holiest saint of a man who follows the exact rules of the church here. And the whole thing just strikes me as incredibly bullshitty. And, like, suck it up. Wear the goddamn rainbow jersey for, you know... 15 minutes, minutes, 15 yeah. minutes. Yeah. And just call it a day or call out sick that day and call out sick every day. Like you just coward, an absolute coward of a man here. And I hate the president that's being sent, being set here. And the fact that others can kind of follow this example. And we really might see some issues from this moving forward. And it's just for a league that has been struggling for years to, be inclusive and to be for everyone. This is a huge blow and a, a huge negative spotlight for the sport. And it's, it and I also feel so bad for everybody in the LGBTQ plus community that is a fan of the flyers that roots for the flyers. This is just a huge slap in the face right here. Yeah. And it, I, it's just, uh, something that I don't think any of us needed and it fucking sucks. We're, we're huge allies on this show and I, I can't believe that somebody's just coming out and cause it's, it's a hateful message he's sending here. He's saying he doesn't support these people at all. He doesn't support their right to exist. You know, he's, it's just, God damn well, it. So here's the thing. So one thing I do want to say and backpedal real fast is that I, I'm not sure he, came out and chose violence. I'm not sure this is like a premeditated thing where he's like, oh yeah, no, I'm going to just like be a pain in the ass. He didn't tonight. tell the team about this though. He didn't tell, they, they could have worked on this for PR purposes beforehand. He could yeah. have talked to the coach. There were better ways to handle this and he handled this the worst way he did. I think he wanted to send a message here, but not actually address it with the media. Right. Yeah. But again, this is just a theory that I think he chose violence. You think he didn't. That's, you know, we, we can have differing opinions here. Like, yeah. I, I think this was a very purposeful uh, series of events here. That's my thing. Like, I'm not 
I'm not Ivan Pro. So I don't know what was going through his mind. I don't know what exactly his his motive was for this whole thing. Um, so it's hard for me to say like he was trying to be destructive last night. I, I don't know that. It, could he have been? Absolutely. I but I don't know that for a fact. But one thing that drives me up a wall is how after the game when he did have that brief media availability, he basically said something along the lines of, I respect everybody and everyone's beliefs. And that is so just blatantly, that that just goes completely against his actions. Like his actions could not reflect that less. Um, because if he did respect everyone and he did respect everyone's beliefs, then why would he ha- like, why would there be an issue coming out to um, show support for people who love him, people who come to games to cheer for him every single night um, w- just because of their sexual orientation? Um, that's something that drives me crazy and I, I don't understand. And I would love to hear an explanation from him on that because it just doesn't make sense. Like you say you respect those people and their beliefs, then why, why aren't you showing it then you're saying it, but you need to show it too. Right. You need to show it too. And it's just, again, it feels like it's just a huge middle finger to this community. And I, 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 Man, the whole thing is sickening to me. I mean, even fucking for all the shit we have given to Tony D'Angelo over the year, and it's all very well deserved. Yeah. He sucked it up and wore the jersey. Okay, he TDA did. was the good, the good boy here. The good boy. He did, he did his job. He sucked it up and wore the. I don't know what TDA's views are on it. You know, I, I, I know he's a conservative guy as far as politics go, but I don't know what his views on that community is but he he wore the jersey he went out and did his thing and didn't say one word about it and And steve and he also well i shouldn't say he but nyr fan nine two three six zero two four (laughs) four tweeted love is love wow (laughs) so how about for those for those who don't know nyr fan 92360244 is very strongly believed to be Tony D'Angelo's burner account on Twitter. No one knows if it's actually him, but everybody knows it's probably him. It's either Tony D'Angelo or it's somebody like related or a close friend of his, like something like that pops up out of the woodwork to defend Tony D'Angelo at any opportunity. So, I mean, even if whoever this individual is, is in support of <laughs> it's the very LGBTQ odd. plus community and yeah. Ivan Provorov isn't, I mean, Jesus Christ, like it, it's very odd that this, this, this NYR fan 92360244 account only tweets when Tony D'Angelo is not currently in a game, which is funny. <laughs> Because <laughs> if they were that big a Tony D'Angelo fan, you'd think they'd be like, wow, nice goal by Tony D'Angelo, and they would tweet it out. But they don't. They only tweet when Tony's not playing a game. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it makes you think. It makes it you, makes think, you think. Yeah, it definitely but makes you think. For the some way, somehow, last night, it was Ivan Provorov, not Tony D'Angelo, who was the person drawing all the ire from the Flyers fan base. And believe it or not, like, Tony D'Angelo, like for just for a couple hours last night, made a brief uh, face turn um, by, you know, wearing the jersey, showing support. And from what I can tell, like for, from what I've heard, um, it sounds like he 
is supportive of that community. Um, so that's obviously a good sign. And um, it's a stunning, yeah, but, but yeah, it's yeah, it's a. I mean, it, based off of the uh, public perception of him, that I'm sure a lot of people would agree. But um, yeah, it's it's just it's just incredible. And th- the worst part about this is that this takes Ivan Provorov doing this completely minimizes the huge impact that Scott Lawton and uh, James Van Riemsdyk have been doing, like in the community, like making the LGBTQ plus community feel welcome in the Flyers fan base. Like they have been huge advocates for inclusivity and just, you know, being there for that segment of the fan base. Um, They're very, very passionate about this issue and they have done so, so well in that area in recent years. And I just can't stand that last night was it, it. That should have been the story from last night. And instead it was Ivan Provorov just, just radically embarrassingly um, kind of just making himself the story, whether it was his intention or not. Yeah. I, I find it very hard to believe it was not his intention because there are more subtle ways to have done that. But yeah, you're right to call out Scott Lawton and Jane Van Riemsdyk as very positive figures here. They have done tremendous work and they're yes. great guys. They're great allies on this team. So uh, big shout out to them and the great work they've done. And it's just, it's a huge black eye. This this was a, a na- national story. It was picked up by friggin' Fox News of all. The, ugh. And we were joking but only half joking in the slack about when Provorov would show up on Tucker Carlson's vile program. But oh, if any of this, by the way, is a surprise to listeners, I think you haven't been listening to the show very long uh, because yeah, <laughs> I don't like any of that. So I, I just, this whole thing just fucking sucks. And he just had to make himself the story and it just seems very hateful. It's a huge middle finger to this community. I really hate the way he did this. I really hate that he's doing this at all. And it's 2023. Are we really like hiding homophobia behind religion still? Are we really trying to go out and do this? Especially if you're a public figure like Ivan Provorov is at this point, can he just go back to, you know, the K can he go to the KHL or something like Pavel Daksuk did at the end of his career? Just get out of here. I just, yeah, like, I just can't believe that people are still, like, this is, this shouldn't, it's a non-issue at this point. Like, how does someone's sexual orientation impact your life in any way, shape, or form? I just don't get it. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know what the next steps are for Provorov. I, I mean, he's going to get viciously booed at every arena he goes to from now on. He's going to well, be viciously booed at Wells Fargo Center. You'd think, but I don't know. I have my doubts. I really have my doubts. I, I've become a real pessimist about this kind of stuff, but I mean, there have been a lot of people defending his decision on social media in the last 24 hours. Yeah, and... Who knew so many people were deeply religious, you know, just these big, big defenders of religion and Christianity just, just coming out of the woodwork. Who knew? But so I, I will say that. So, he does have the right to make the decision he made. Sure. Like he it's absolutely within the constitutional rights of this country. Like he's able to do uh, make that decision, but that doesn't mean 
the public doesn't have the right to shame him for making such a decision. And that's that's what is wild to me is how people who are disagreeing with uh, Ivan Provorov's decision are being attacked on social media for being wrong and being, uh, you know, some like tyrannical. And it's just like... You can call the guy an asshole. If the guy wants to protest, you can still... It's just like Colin... Yes. It's like the flip side of Colin Kaepernick, right? Where Colin exactly, Kaepernick yeah. took a knee to protest how he feels that black people are treated in the United States. And that was slammed by pretty much every pundit in this country. And he pretty much got blacklisted from the sport for the rest of his career. And, you know, the, Ivan Provorov is not going to be blacklisted by any means for no, this. He's absolutely not. He's a hundred percent just going to keep going. But here's the thing. He has the right to protest that just like I feel Colin Kaepernick had the right to protest that and yeah. everybody could criticize Colin Kaepernick. And yeah, we have the right to criticize Ivan Provorov for this because we think it's bullshit, but yes, yeah, it is technically his right. Uh, but I think the one thing is if you're going to do that, I don't think you should play in the game. I, I really think I agree. If you're going to th- pull this shit, yeah. you should just take a seat for the night. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's another, that's, that's something that um, I'm sure if the flyers had some sort of preparation, like, you know, actual preparation beforehand, they probably would have said, um, okay, well, we're just not, the team won't wear the jerseys tonight or um, you know, the, the, you won't, play or something like, like something different would have been done. I would like to think if they had more time to like, you know, get ahead of this situation. But here's another thing about the whole, like the Colin Kaepernick situation, the same people defending, like the people defending Ivan Provorov right now are the exact same people who went after JT Brown's head when he raised his fist on the bench. Um, They're the same people who went after Matt Dumba when he took a knee for the national anthem a couple of years ago in the bubble. Um, when those things happened, the people right now who are defending Ivan Provorov were the same people saying horrible things about them, and in some cases, giving dishing out death threats to them. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, because that happened, and that let me tell you, happen. let me tell you, these people are not exactly holding back with their language in these comments either, because no, there are a lot not. of personal attacks. There are a lot of just slurs that they should not be using but you know that's uh also part usually the people who are very much against the gay community are the people who want to use these slurs the most gee i wonder right. why and it's just what a bunch of fucking ugh, it just makes me sick it just makes me sick and if i i just can't believe there's so many people that still feel this way i mean i shouldn't be that surprised right but like it's the comments I've seen, the, co- the some of the replies, especially yet again, that these cowards give to just the women on this site, these personal attacks that I've seen against Stephen Kelly are just ridiculous. These fucking yeah. assholes. I, I hate these people. It's uh, and I can already tell, like we're going to publish, we're going to post slash publish this uh, podcast in the morning, I guess, tomorrow afternoon sometime. We'll see. It, 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 it depends on how late yeah. we go and if I can get my editing done tonight. This may be right. a Friday but, post. This might be a Thursday. We'll see. I don't know when it's going to happen, but when it does happen, I'm fully expecting people to DM me, respond in the comments of the story or whatever. 
listen, if you if you want to send hate mail to me, you go right ahead. I don't read it. I think it's funny. So you can send it right to me. Oh, I ain't reading um, shit. <laughs> I'll read oh, the positive I, stuff. I see one. I'm just delete. I'll see you. <laughs> oh, I get a kick at it. I think it's so funny oh. because people who are sending anything like that are just clearly they have brain worms. They so, do have brain worms. Um, that's for sure. But it's like I, I know we're going to get probably some hate mail just for recording this and publishing this podcast. I don't frankly give a shit. Um, this is something that I'm pretty passionate about. Like I, th- I just don't understand how one sexual orientation has any impact on anybody. And I don't know why people care at all about it. Right, this right. time that we're in, it's it just doesn't make sense. The jerseys are specifically to support inclusivity in hockey, yes. right? Where the, the message they're trying to send is that, you know, hockey welcomes everybody. And Provorov is responding with a message that, well, I don't support these people in any way because I can't wear the colors. I can't do this. And... And, you know, it's it's disappointing all around, right? It's disappointing that the Flyers, and look, I, I get why the Flyers are not going to come out and, like, really slam their own player, right? But it's still disappointing. Uh, I get why Tortorella is going to stand behind his own player, but it's also disappointing that he would play him after he wouldn't do warm-ups. Yeah, because, yeah. And the, the example that keeps getting cited for John Tortorella is that he would bench somebody... This is from uh, 2016, I believe this comment was, that he would bench somebody for protesting the national anthem. And, yeah, you know, well, then it, it feels like a double back- standard. Yeah, he, he ended up backpedaling on those comments not long after. And um, I have a few, like I don't know what I, I don't want to put words in towards his mouth. No. I don't know what he's going to say. Um, but uh, I, like, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets asked more questions about this and he just has a better, more prepared response that makes more coherent sense. Because I'm sure he's not happy about this. I, no, I would, no. I mean, Nobody yeah, wants to be I, put in this position of going no. out and ha- having to answer questions about basically why your player is declaring that he hates a whole group of people. Yes. No, it's a very, very odd position to be in as a head coach. And that's why I wish he would have just said, I don't have a comment for you guys right now. Um, the team released a statement that, and I'll leave it at that is what literally he should have said. Um, and, but sometimes he just talks, he just talks himself into a hole. I get it. I've talked myself into lots of holes over the years. Oh yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, this is an ugly, ugly situation for the flyers, for hockey, for the NHL, um, for the whole sport, it, it's just, it's really, really bad. And, um, it's such a shame and I hate to do this because obviously this is a big deal and it should be the, the talk of everybody on hockey Twitter right now, but it's such a shame that this happened on a night when Kevin Hayes decade long player who's been through a lot the last year, year plus he gets his first ever hat trick. Like this should have been such a fun night for him. It, and it was a fun night. It was, a, I had a really fun time watching that game. Like the Flyers beat the Ducks 5-2. Like Morgan Frost scores a beauty of a goal. Rasmus Ristolainen comes out of nowhere and has the perfor- best performance easily of his Flyers tenure. A true it unicorn a f- moment right there. It was, I felt like I saw Bigfoot and it was just, it was a, a wonderful night. And then it gets totally torn down 
by this. And the Flyers had done a nice job with the pride stuff in the actual game. Like the, the jerseys looked great. And I was glad they wore jerseys this year. I know this ended up being the controversy, right? Because Provorov refused to wear it. But the jerseys were killer. They were great. And just the all-nice presentation with that gritty, all that fun stuff. Like, they did some really good stuff with it. But it's all washed away by this. Yeah. No one's no one's thinking about, you know, what how successful the, the Pride Night was. Because, frankly, because of Provorov, it's not going to be viewed as a success. It's going to be viewed as a monumental failure it's a it's a monumental failure for the flyers and for the sport as a whole because and it's because it's just a huge totally out of their control black guy. oh totally it, it, this is why i really feel like this is purposeful and ivan Provorov's part because if ivan Provorov didn't think that anybody was going to notice this he was dead friggin' wrong you know yeah. if he thought this would just fly under the radar Man, he is just a friggin' moron if he thought that was the case. Because, and I don't think he's, I don't think he's that. I, you know, I don't know if he's. I'm not gonna talk about his smarts, but uh, I don't, I don't, know, yeah. I don't think he. I think he knew exactly what he was getting into here, and he opened a can of worms. He opened Pandora's box, and he absolutely fucking meant to. I have to say though, there was one funny thing that came out of this. Okay, one <laughs> funny thing. And that's uh, Ivan Provorov's dog's Instagram account. Okay. For those that don't know, Ivan Provorov has a dog that has an Instagram account, Drake the Pup Star. I assume it's named after Canadian rapper Drake because, sure, why not? I can't think of any other reason, unless he really <laughs> loves coffee cakes, why he'd name his dog Drake. But the or dog. likes Drake Bell from Drake and Josh. Sure, I, I that would also so. be problematic because he's a, uh, yeah, bad person. Is he? I don't know. Anything about Drake or Josh? Josh, I believe, is a good guy. <laughs> yeah. Drake, bad person. Okay, good to know. Good to know where to come down on Drake and Josh. But as far as Drake the pup star goes, so the dog's Instagram account, I, I guess I should pull it up real quick so I can give some <laughs> statistics on this here on Drake the pup Drake stuff. has a huge following. I was like, going to say a it's a massive following. Yes, yeah, so it's a golden retriever has 139,000 followers, okay? So this is a big account and it's got some sponsorships and all that stuff, okay? So because it's got sponsors, it's got to go by I guess different rules than Ivan Provorov. Because yeah. he has, has a answer. million he has a million followers on TikTok. Oh wow. How about that? Wow. That's just wow. amazing. It's a it's a goddamn dog. It's a golden retriever. Okay, great. <laughs> cool. He loves to fetch the ball. But two funny things came out of this. First off, let's see if it's still on the story. It is still on the story. So Gritty had posted a picture of uh, having like rainbow butterfly wings yesterday. Okay, it's a pretty gr- great Gritty picture right there. This so, is the dog that tweeted this, this with his the paw. The dog whatever a repost is on Instagram, it shared it in its Instagram story. The dog shared the gritty rainbow butterfly picture in the Instagram story, which is pretty last night. Yeah. Last night. Yeah. And then today, today Ivan Provorov's account, Ivan Provorov's name no longer appears in the profile in the bio for Drake, the golden retriever, Drake, the pup star. It just mentions mad 
Mad Madly, I believe it's right there. Whatever. Anyway, it only mentions one of the dog's humans. It doesn't mention Ivan Provorov anymore. So he got scrubbed and, from his own goddamn dog's Instagram account. His dog is shunning him. And it also doesn't mention that uh, Drake is a hockey dog anymore. <laughs> dog, He's no longer a hockey dog. This dog just, it's been emancipated. It just exists on its own in the world, buys its own dog food, you know, takes its own selfies. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So the, the Instagram account for the goddamn dog had to do damage control because Ivan Provorov just couldn't man up and wear a jersey with rainbow numbers yep he he dug his grave on this one and i mean from so i haven't been in contact with anybody but i'm this is going to be a situation where i don't feel like the team is going to do much to help Ivan Provorov here. I feel like he's kind of like in a position where it's like, oh, I have to kind of get myself out of this. And I don't know how he's going to. Um, I, I don't know what I don't know what this means for him. I don't know. As you've mentioned, there's inexplicably a segment of the hockey fan base that are applauding him. I think that would be the minority. Um, but I, I don't know. I, this is, yeah, this is a situation that he has to get himself out of and he has to rectify on his own. It's just, um, and it sounds like even the people closest to him disagree with his actions here. So even the, the dogs closest to him, even the dogs closest to him. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. So, and by the way, tweet of the night, tweet of the night last night from, I, I still don't know if this is actually Oscar's Bartulis. I think it is, but Oscar's Bartulis account, one of our favorites over on Fly Purpley, had the tweet. So Ivan said, okay, yes, I am D-Man, but no homo? Scared of some rainbows. Wow, wow, wow. Some stupid loser, okay? <laughs> so good. So I like I like reading it in like a, a European accent. So Ivan said, okay, yes, I am D-Man, but no homo? Scared of some rainbows? Wow, wow, wow. Some stupid loser. Okay. That was beautiful. That was just a poetry. Wow, wow, wow. Poetry motion right there. I hope that's the actual Oscars. I hope it is too. I mean, it's always been an amazing account. I mean, it was never more disappointing. I, I think we found out that the Ricky Lede account was not actually Ricky Lede. I don't think you know uh, at all what I'm talking about here, Quakes, but Ricky no. Lede was <laughs> a... A, a baseball outfielder way back when and he had been like tweeting about the flyers every now and then but i think we found out that wasn't ricky Lidey. i'm not 100 percent sure there but i i think i've heard that it is oscars and i i hope it is oscars always a big bsh always big oscars the bart uh supporters around here on this blog so uh just another great tweet from from oscars partulis and a lot of good tweets there was good tent last night that came oh, last out night was this. hilarious yeah yeah there was some really good tweets last night from <laughs> from uh yeah from social media so much that i like yeah i can't even remember all of them but there i, I can't if gem. i went through them all i could spend an entire show just going down all the best tweets from that but i mean ultimately this is just a, a hideous situation that is completely just been generated by ivan Provorov and <sighs> Man, 
just fuck off. Like, I don't need to be talking about this. I don't need to be, you know, we don't need to be going out of our way to support what I thought we all accepted. Love is love. And gay people have a right to exist. People that they are born feeling like, ah, these bigots just drive me insane. And I can't deal with it. And I hate that we have to keep talking about this on a hockey podcast because the stuff keeps coming up in hockey. Uh, racism and homophobia and just sexism, sexism, awful, awful stuff. This sport, I keep telling it to be better and it refuses to be better. Ugh, stupid goddamn sport. And one of the worst things about this is, aside from the main point that he completely severed his his relationship, if there really ever was one, with the LGBTQ plus community is the fact that this guy's under contract with the Flyers for, what, three more years? Three, four more years, something like that? I'll look that up, but he's got, I mean, he's got at least, I think he's got two more seasons. So I think it's how, who, who trades for him right now? He's, he is radioactive. No team is going to want to trade for Ivan Provorov at this time. And it's it's very, very disconcerting or disconcerting that um, this guy is going to be could potentially remain on the Flyers roster for the next. Uh, yeah, he has two more years on his contract after this year uh, for two more years. We were just talking last week about how, you know, this might be a pretty attractive contract for somebody to trade for, right? Like, it'd be a project for him. And, well, who knows? You know, Chuck Fletcher was willing to trade for TDA, even with all his baggage. So maybe there is a GM out there who's willing to take this on. And frankly, as far as I can tell, Flyers management, they could prove me wrong here. They certainly could give a shit, but I don't think they give one single solitary shit about this. Okay. That's the, the perception, at least I have from my viewpoint that the Flyers management does not give one shit about this. I don't know. So I'm not going to comment on that, but I would like to think that this, uh, this uproar that has been caused um, would at the very least make upper management uh, realize that a problem is, is happening here. And, um, the, one of the best ways to address it would be to remove this man from the locker room from the organization, because clearly it was a problem before this even happened. He was an issue before this incident occurred. And now this has happened and he's even more of an issue. Right. Well, again, maybe what, what's the deal if he, what's the deal with the contract? If he just decides to go to the KHL? I have no idea. Like um, Yarmir Yager back in the day or yeah. Pavel Datsuk again at the end of his career. Like, is it just in limbo? Is it one of those LTIR situations? I don't know. Like maybe he'll decide to do that because I, I mean, I believe it was the case with Datsuk and I could be wrong that he also was hardcore Russian Orthodox. And that was part of why he went back to the KHL to play. Yeah. I say back like he played there in the but you know he went over to the KHL for the end of his career. For those curious, the Flyers could buy out Ivan Provorov, um, but the cap hit would be three point two seven three million two hundred seventy thousand eight hundred thirty three dollars in the uh, ne- for next season, two million one hundred forty five thousand eight hundred thirty three the next season. 
and then 2,020,833 the next two seasons after that. Uh, so it would be a four-year, four years, basically, the Flyers would be paying him millions not to play for them. So not ideal. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's going to come of this. I, 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 yeah, this is a very, very sticky situation for the Flyers. I don't know um, if they're going to just stick it out with Provorov for the rest of his contract, or if they're going to try and move him and just convince another team, hey, he's a good guy. You want him on your locker in your locker room, don't you? I, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen here. But I, I was just going to go back to Datsuk real quick. Uh, so Pavel Datsuk, uh, this I found an article from. BS, former BSH Travis Hughes from 2013. Ah. Pavel Datsuk cites anti-gay religion when asked about gay rights. So this is uh, even an issue back in 2013 with certain players that are Russian Orthodox. Uh, and yeah, D- Datsuk, this was pretty controversial, I remember. It didn't quite blow up like like this has, but... And we're also talking about a decade ago, right? Like, a lot changes over the past decade, but... You know, more things change, the more they stay the same, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty shitty all around right here. And the Flyers just continue to take L's and make it very hard to root for them. But despite all that, we're going to try and talk about hockey for the rest of the show. So we're going to take a quick break here to just kind of hit the reset button here. And after you hear some words from our lovely advertisers... We'll be back talking about the Philadelphia Flyers. Oh, wow. All right, we're back. And so let's, I, I would like to put the Provorov talk to Brett bed. I don't want to talk about him for the rest of the show. The guy can go kick rocks. I do not give a shit about him. He's dead to me at this point. But let's talk about our stupid Philadelphia Flyers, who, despite being in a year that seems like a clear tank situation, seems like a clear year to not win hockey games, the Flyers keep winning. And now... These orange and black bastards are a 500 team. I hate them more than ever, Quigs. Hockey, hockey 500, which is still, I still hate that that's a thing. Hockey. That they, their winning percentage is 500. They are a 500 yeah. team. God, that drives me crazy. That's what I go because by. Like, I go by the winning percentage, and that's, that is, they are actually a 500 team. I feel like a, the points percentage is 500. Wait, wait or that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the points percent. Well, oh, okay. Gotcha. I don't know. Yeah. They're, they're like, listed on the NHL app at 500. That's what I'm going by. They are a 500 team. Listen, they've got more points than I expected. Okay. They're back in the playoff hunt. Technically they're five points out, which Chuck Fletcher will be real pleased about. Okay. They're eight, two and oh, over their last 10, they're 19, 19 and seven. That's 43 points. This team has just been, they've actually started clicking lately unless they're playing a vastly superior opponent. And they've been just whooped by those two vastly yeah. superior opponents. Six to two losses to the Toronto Maple Leafs and six nothing loss to the Boston Bruins, who are the best team in the league. But it, look, I, you might think I'm being cranky about hating seeing the Flyers win. But guys, this team, I, I, I they're, just, they're not going to. If they get into the playoffs, which I can't believe I'm even saying, there's no chance this team wins a cup. And this is one of the best drafts to tank for. So tank, baby. Ugh. As, ever since they hired Torts, this was my fear when they hired Torts, is that he'd be too competent of a coach. And this He's is what we're too seeing. Good. He's too good. He's too good. <laughs> they should have stuck. They should have stuck with uh, Mike Yell. 
They should have. Oh my god, that uh, guy, Mikeyo, could blink so great in disbelief when his team yes, underperformed. The way he would just—he blinked like forty Stand times there. a minute. Okay, he yeah. just blah, 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 blah. he would just keep blinking. I just did the motion like people could see me. Nobody can see me right now, which is for the best because I look like shit. But uh, Mike Yo, <laughs> his looks of disbelief, I adored them and I missed them so much this year because that man knew how to tank. He did. Now, as badly as I would love the Flyers to get a very, very high pick in this draft, I was on Team Tank from the very start. Um. I thought they were going to just do it without a choice. I thought they were just going to be so bad that they were going to end up with a top three, four pick in the drafts regardless. But a lot of people's a lot of people's worst fear has come true. And um, John Tortorella, Tortorella is coaching the Flyers into something resembling contention right now. Um, and I got to say, the last couple of weeks have been kind of fun, a little bit, just a little bit. It has only been if nice you still have feelings Flyers. for this hockey team, which I do not. <laughs> it has been nice to see the Flyers put together some like strong performances against some good teams. Like they beat the Caps like two times in a row in a home and home series, and um, both of those games were really really fun. I was at the game in DC in the press box, and that was a just Carter Hart is just miraculous right now. He's playing incredible hockey for the Flyers. And I think he's a big, he's one of the major reasons why they were winning early on. And now the Flyers are figuring out how to score goals. And that's a big reason why they're, why they're winning games now. So it's, I don't know. It's good to see them scoring goals. It's good to see some of the younger players um, making plays. Like obviously Travis connecting at this point, he's, he's 25. So, which is, actually one of the older players on the team, but um, he's been playing obviously incredibly well. Morgan Frost scored one of the prettiest goals of the season, frankly, the other night against last night against the ducks when uh, between the next goal from uh, just next to the net. Um, and then obviously you have to be happy with what you're seeing from Noah Cates. Um, and then of course, Owen Tippett, Owen Tippett's, He's cementing himself as a real player for the Flyers right now. And I, for one, love to see it considering um, just how not stoked a lot of the Flyers fan base was after that Giroud trade. Um, so it's good to see Tippett really kind of like making something out of this opportunity he has with the Flyers. Tied for second on the team in goals right now with Kevin Hayes' Owen Tippett. He's got 13. And he's he's just playing. He's he's kind of figuring himself out as a player. Like he's becoming that power forward that a lot of people were hoping he would be uh, when he was drafted all those years ago. And um, it's exciting. He's he's quick. He's a fast guy, and he's a, he plays a very noticeable game. Like when you're watching the Flyers now at this time, you see Owen Tippett flying around, and it's not just because of his actually on fire hair. Um, <laughs> it is a shade because... of red that I did not know existed in human. I, hair. I didn't know people could have. Yeah, I did not know hair could be that red <laughs> naturally. But um, he's playing some incredible hockey, man, and it's awesome to see it. I'm really happy for Owen Tippett, and uh, yeah, there's some good things, believe it or not, happening with this Flyers team right now. It's just. Uh, it's it's a bittersweet thing because we all know that the Flyers aren't even close to being good enough to win a Stanley Cup. And I'm scared that they're 
gonna get they're they're gonna be too good. They're gonna be too good. Barely miss the playoffs, and they're gonna be one of those teams that's like just outside of the lottery range. So like the highest pick they could get is like three or something. Oh, I'm a hundred percent anticipating that happening at this point. And the worst part of this for me, the worst part of the success, the just the horrors of success with this team is the fact that management might look at this and say, Hey, Chuck's got a plan. Chuck's yeah. onto something. And then Chuck Fletcher, who we've all, as fans been saying from pretty much, I don't know, the beginning of last offseason. Well, it's obvious that Chuck Fletcher has to go. Maybe they think, well, maybe Chuck Fletcher doesn't have to go. And maybe he should be given more time to figure things out because, well, you know, once the team put it together and all the young people, all the young guys started putting it together. Well, he made a pretty good hockey team. And let's see what Chuck's plan is. I'm so goddamn tired of Chuck Fletcher as the GM of this team. And, oh, I really am fearful that this success will lead to more Chuck Fletcher. And then they're not going to sell at the deadline like they should, which I'm terrified of. You know, there's at least like two or three guys that need to go at the deadline. And I'm not confident that's going to happen right now. That makes me nervous as well. Like they, the Flyers cannot get, tunnel vision right now they have got to like realistically understand that yeah we're playing well but is this sustainable and will this result in a deep playoff run obviously the answer to that is no they are just we've seen it they've played against competitive teams they played against the maple leafs they played against the bruins and both times they were absolutely crushed by both of those teams they are not even close to being a top 10 team in the nhl right now and um, in order to win the Stanley Cup, you have to be able to beat top 10 teams. So <laughs> I, uh, I think the, the, the course of action or the, the, the only thing they can do right now is just continue on this course that they were initially on sell at the trade deadline and go from there. Um, but it does make me nervous that like, what if they get to the point right before the trade deadline where they're like a few points out of a playoff spot like they are right now, are they going to get these, are they, will they be disillusioned into making horrific decisions um, and sticking with the players at the trade deadline that would otherwise bring them possibly some solid value? It does not take much for Chuck Fletcher to go with a horrific decision. It does not, unfortunately, based off. And we have precedent for this. We have a lot of precedent. We have a couple years of precedent at this point. Don't love that. Don't love that at all. No, not at all. I will say I I, one thing I I will say I have enjoyed, which is, again, not much for my cold, dead, orange and black heart, is Samuel Erson, the son of heirs, who I was not expecting anything of when he was called up when Felix Sandstrom was hurt. And we're like, oh man, they're gonna, he's just gonna get slaughtered in these games. That's not fair to this young guy. This dude has really taken advantage of this situation and made a name for himself. His numbers have just been fantastic since he was called up. So he's now 5 0 0, 237 GAA, 918 save percentage. And he's just been rock solid for the Flyers between the pipes. Uh, I, I don't believe he's five. Oh, because I know he lost that first game against uh, Carolina where he got kind of. I don't think he took the L on that, though. I'm literally looking at his numbers right now and it says five. Oh, yeah. 
Interesting. Oh, yeah, I guess because uh, Carter Hart finished the game. Yeah. Or, or no, what did happen? I don't know who got the L for that game. I blacked it out, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that game that game's long ago. But uh, he has he does have sensational numbers right now. And um, he got that first rough game out of the way. And since then, he's been terrific. And um, I know a lot of people who might be jumping the gun right now thinking like, oh my God, like, you know, this is the next guy, trade Carter Hart. Like, no, that would be insanity. But it is good people to People really see. have a hair trigger with these just hot takes. I know. Some people actually think that way. And um, it's great to see him playing well, but it it let's also not get too ahead of ourselves. Like, he's still a 23-year-old goalie. Like, he's not... This is not someone who can who's ready to be a, become a number one goalie in the NHL yet. Um, he's in a solid situation right now, backing up Carter Hart, and I don't think it would be a bad idea to put him back down in the AHL, let him get him some, get a little more time down there, um, because Felix Sandstrom is coming back, and the Flyers do have a decision to make between Sandstrom and Arison. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's really exciting to see what he's been going, through, what he's been doing right now, and. Uh, it does give you a lot of hope for the future, especially if the Flyers do at some point trade Carter Hart, because as we were just talking about it, I mean, everyone pretty much on the Flyers is um, on the table, at, at least as of right now. Um, so let's pretend, I don't know, maybe one day the Flyers get a very good offer for Carter Hart at, and Erickson continues to play this way then they might have the confidence to be like, oh, okay, well, we'll trade Carter Hart away and we'll see what Arison can do. But that's still far down the road. For now, Arison is a good backup and I think he should get some more time in the AHL to continue to kind of hone in on his craft. Ah, hair triggers with these hot takes, man. It's crazy to me that anybody's even talking about trading Carter Hart based on seven games of Samuel Harrison right now, based yeah. on the son of Harris just showing up and, and being pretty good for a few games. It's man, people are just ridiculous. They're absolutely it's the same absurd. people. It's the same people who are like, Ivan Fedotov is going to come over here and he's going to take Carter Hart's job. It's like he's never played a game. What oh, did you watch about? a couple games in the Olympics? Good for you. You watched the Olympics where NHL players weren't playing. How do you think he would do against NHL players? That's a hair trigger, man. It's crazy. People, people are absolutely nuts with this stuff. I, look, I've talked about trading Carter Hart, and I would only do it if somebody really blew me away. But it's not going to happen if this team thinks they're competitive. And look, I'm happy if Arison just turns out to be a good backup because... As we saw, Chuck Fletcher didn't even have a backup plan coming into this year. No, he did he not. signed Troy Grosnick, who's had a cup of coffee at the NHL level and didn't even beat out the rookies to make the team outright in camp. And he had Sandstrom and Erickson. Like, he just kind of came in and was just like, yeah, well, we'll figure this out, right? Yeah. And now it's just like, if you want to give Chuck Fletcher Fletcher credit maybe he knew that Samuel Harrison was going to be uh you know this next incredible goalie but he probably didn't I think he came very unprepared and Harrison is just developing well which you love to see but yeah no this is yeah the Flyers still need depth in the goalies the in the goalie pipeline and luckily Harrison provides that right now so no the Flyers should not trade Carter Hart at this moment 
unless they get a slam dunk. Off. I mean, unless they want to, you know, sell and tank, I'm all for that. But they don't want to do that. They're clearly yeah. not remotely interested in selling or tanking. Not quite. Not quite. Unfortunately. No, that's just uh, winning stinks. <laughs> it's like that. Uh, it's like in The Wedding Singer. Love stinks, except winning. Winning, winning stinks. stinks. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's uh, exact. I hate the Flyers winning almost as much as John Tortorella hates iPads. <laughs> oh, and does he hate iPads, Steve? Yes. The final story that I wanted to discuss on this evening is John Tortorella banning iPads from the bench, wanting players to focus on the game, which I get, but it just seems hilariously old fashioned because people accuse Torts of being old fashioned to start with. And then when he's saying, I don't want this, this easy technology where guys can review themselves on the bench accessible to them. That just seems like an old fogey is right there behind the bench. Now I will say I do kind of get his strategy here because Basically, what he was saying when he was asked about it is like sometimes players will come off the ice, come to the bench, and they'll just have their eyes glued to this fucking iPad. And they're not paying attention to the game and just like getting zoned in, ready for the next shift, thinking about, okay, what can I do differently? They're just looking at this iPad. And like, I do kind of get that. And plus, when the Flyers, like when the team's going to intermission, in the locker room, there's a room where they can go and they can review tape during the intermission. So, like, it's not like they don't get to at all review what they had done in that period. Um, they can go back and they can look at the mistakes they made or the good play plays they made and like, see how they can continue to have success or, you know, see how they can do things differently to have success later on. But I do in a way kind of get it, but it's also like <laughs> kind of nitpicky. I feel like. Yes. Like yes. I, I, I agree with everything you just said where I, I get it. Right. Get them to focus on the game as it's happening. You got to limit screen time for these kids. Am I right? You know, these kids yeah. and their screens. The blue are just light's always bad looking for your down. eyes. Yeah. Oh, the world is going on around you, Timmy. Come on. Come on, Travis. Watch Come the on, Travis. Travis Connecty was the one guy who's like, well, I use that a lot. But I and yeah. it's funny because it seems like he really picked up looking at a lot of the tape from reviewing tape with Danny Briere, which is really, you know, part of the reason why his game has been so much better this year as he's made adjustments based on, on reviewing that stuff. I gotta say, so we were just talking about Chuck Fletcher and whether he's going to be the GM. Let's pretend we live in a world where he does not stay with the Flyers as the general manager and Danny Briere does become the general manager. I feel like the work he's done with Konechny in that regard of making him like more of a kind of 200 foot player and really kind of creating this Travis, Travis Konechny, who's about to have the best career of his entire or the best year of his entire career in the NHL. I feel like that bodes as like a good sign for Danny Briere as like a potential GM candidate for the Flyers down the road. Oh, for sure. I'm, I know a lot of people get on, especially when we have like these live shows and they'll say like, why are people optimistic about Briere? What do they think he's going to do different? Well, the thing is Danny Briere has played hockey in the past, you know, yeah, 10, 10 years, right? Yeah. Like he's somebody who's played recently. He's young enough to get technological advances and, and understand that and understand how the game is played so that's a great sign and seeing the way connect responded and and played is really great and as far as the ipad thing goes like look you know 
I kind of agree with Torts, but again, it seems hilariously old-fashioned where he's like, ah, get it's that very... get that technology out of here. Do you think so Tom Brady has some free time on his hands right now, right? Like he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't have a, really much of a home life going on, and football no. ended prematurely this year for him. And we know he hates iPads, so do you think Torts can hire Tom Brady to come in and smash all of the Flyers' iPads? Oh, that would be I, I mean, if they don't do that, what what are we doing here? I mean, Tom Brady is a tablet destroying machine. Yes, he is. It's his favorite thing to do. <laughs> I think that's still the highlight of the NFL season for me is Tom Brady just throwing Demolishing. like it, just having a full ass diaper and smashing tablets. I root for Tom Brady once in my life, and this is what I get. <laughs> a third. What was it? Thirty-one fourteen against Dallas. Yeah, oh, he he just was terrible in that game. He he looked like a forty five year old quarterback. That's the worst game I've ever seen Tom Brady play. At, I've like, rooted for Tom Brady. Ever. I've rooted for Tom Brady three times in my life. That game against the Cowboys and two Super Bowls against the Giants, and he's lost all three. I gotta say, I'm gonna get yelled at for this. I rooted for the Giants in both of those. Super no, there there are people who are fifty fifty on that. I think the yeah. Giants. I hate the Giants so much. I hate the Giants. Less than the Cowboys, but only a little bit less. So, for me, that was an easy choice. Uh, the evil dynasty of the New England Patriots had already won a bunch, so what's one more? I don't give a shit, but I gotta watch yeah. Eli Manning derp his way, you know, through a, a helmet-caught ball. In, you know, it's funny. I really, really, really did not like Eli Manning until, like, I don't know, the past year and a half to two years. That's so weird. <laughs> I never had a problem with Eli. Oh, ever. God, I couldn't stand Eli. Because I didn't think he was that good. And everybody, oh, he's a Hall of Famer. And I think fucking sucks. But you know what? He's pretty funny off the field. Like, the thing he's he really did funny. when he went to Penn State and tried out as, like, a, a QB. What was the name of the QB that he tried out for? Something Powers. I can't tell you. Uh, but he, he threw on, like, a whole disguise. And pretended to be trying out for QB for Penn state and Chad powers was the name of the QB. He had like a big fake mustache and a prosthetic nose on and everything. It's hilarious. The funny, the funniest thing about Eli Manning, like being funny is that I had, I had no idea he was funny at all until he like started showing up on TV, like doing commercials and like, you know, doing the Manning cast. And like, I started listening. I'm like, Holy shit. Like I had, I never would have guessed that he had any sense of humor based off of his press conferences and like everything he had done before the fucking citizen echo drive commercials. Like he just seemed like a boring dude and turns out he's got a ton of personality and it's easy to see why his teammates liked him so much when he was playing. Oh, he's hilarious. Like that Manning cast very is, funny. I actually watched the Manning cast over the Joe Buck Aikman one. That's an easy decision yeah. for me every time. He's, he might be funnier than Peyton and Peyton's got a really good sense of humor. I think so. Peyton is responsible for maybe the funniest SNL sports oh, yeah. moment of all time though. The it United Way ad where he's just pegging kids in the face with the football. <laughs> he's like, get up. You suck! So <laughs> like good. screaming at kids. Yeah, it's an all time. That was amazing. Absolutely yeah. all time. But no, no, like he's he's legitimately like Eli is legitimately hilarious, and he casually curses on the air so often. And oh, I know <laughs> it's very funny. 
Yeah, it is. It's it's just so funny. Like like I was saying, it's funny that because I just had no idea he had this in him at all. No, no. It turns out he's yeah, he's got a legit personality. Got a legit personality. Who knew? Who knew? Didn't have it on my bingo card. No, definitely not on my bingo card. All right, folks. Well, it was a a lot to talk about right there. It wasn't our lo- it wasn't a long one for us by any means, but a lot to talk about. So yeah, that's it. That's where we're ending it, right there, right there. So, thank you so much for listening. We truly appreciate you. Unless you side with Ivan Provorov in this issue, in which uh, we don't appreciate you. You should probably stop listening and uh, maybe go reevaluate your way. Go reevaluate your ways, or just go fuck yourself. That too. That too. <laughs> Quigs, if people have feedback for you, where can they find you on social media? If you have hate mail for me, send it to at Ryan Quiggs with a Z. I will respond. <laughs> he will respond. That'll be on twitter.com.org.edu.ca.musk. If you want to find me and not send me hate mail, or if you do send me hate mail, I'll probably just block you and move on with my day. You can find me at Flyperbole or at Estebomb. If it's for hockey purposes, make it Flyperbole. Follow BSH Radio. Follow Broad Street Hockey. And we're on Instagram, we're on TikTok. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing with TikTok. I guess I'll figure it out one of these days, but whatever. Thank you so much for listening, folks. We truly appreciate you. And especially you in the LGBTQ plus community. We love you very much. And we love we're you. sorry for all the bullshit you've had to deal with forever. <laughs> but you got a safe space here at Flyperbole. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. We love you very much. All right, folks, until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Go birds. Go birds. Wow, 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 wow.